once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Go there, find two links. They're, they're blue. The, the, the letters are blue on them. You'll know their links. It also, they, they contain the word link. Uh, and the first will take you to our podcast listing something like 40 or 50 of them uh, in a uh, one-in, one-out uh, format. So the most recent show that we've recorded, we do two a week, uh, will be the first one on the list. That should be the show you're listening to right now. Um, but there's another way to hear us besides standard podcasts. You can go to our second link. That is our Radio Loop link a loop of this show playing on a separate computer here in the studio <clears throat> that does, yes, exactly as it sounds. It links back. It loops back, sorry. Loops back to the beginning. Four-letter words starting with L. It loops back to uh, the beginning of the show as soon as it hits the end, within about four seconds. So you can kind of uh, come in in an analogish kind of way, uh, as if you were flicking the dial on your car radio or on your uh, refrigerator top radio in the morning as the kids are getting ready for school. That's coming soon enough. Listen to us. Get into the show. Get into it enough that, well, you know, geez, I wonder where that all started from earlier on. No problem. As the show ends, about four seconds later, it starts over again. And of course, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts at Center Left Radio. That's what you'd look for. Uh, thoughts about where we are. Now, 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 where we are, typically when I begin with something like that, a statement like that, it's the news du jour. It's, it's what's the latest. It's what, uh, what, what uh, atrociously outrageous uh, thing has been done uh, by Trump or the Trump camp, or, or now it's uh, he and his defendants and what have you. Yes, we're in the middle of Mark Meadows challenging uh, 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 Fannie uh, Willis about whether or not he can uh, be tried in, uh, he wants to be tried in federal court, and that's a, an important one. There was a hearing yesterday on that. Odds are he will lose that one miserably. Another story, of course, and of course Trump is looking at that, and the, and the notion behind it is trying to, again, get delays on the case and get a slightly, uh, they imagine, more favorable jury pool to work with other than local uh, Atlanta or lo local Fulton County uh, jurists who they feel would most probably be a very difficult jury for them uh, to confront and who would be the least forgiving. I, I don't know. It's all going to play out. We have a date on the, which trial is this now? We have a date on the January 6th trial. It'll be March 4th of uh, 2020. 
uh, for the election year. The, the uh, Trump's attorneys had wanted to go out two years. It won't. It'll be in 2024. There'll probably be a few more uh, uh, motions, and it might push it back a few weeks, but not months. And so we know that at least one trial will be completed before the election. Uh, that also leaves the the New York State criminal trial uh, that should begin in, that's supposed to begin in January. Uh, it, it, it trumps everything is coming at, at high speed. It's a, uh, you, you, no matter which way you turn, there's a tunnel. In the tunnel, there's darkness. And in the darkness, you see the headlights of a train coming. And that train is coming from all directions. And there's, and there's not really much of any place for Donald or his team to hide on this. There is only the, uh, the, the, the maneuvering, the, the political positioning that has been part and parcel of Donald forever and ever, but it's getting stronger because it's all that's left to him. And, and in my perspective, from my perspective, is, is, is being expressed more and more in the, the type of arguments that you see being raised, uh, the, the, the utter uh, incapacity of one side to really even initiate communication with the other side vis-a-vis -vis relative to positions about Trump and what he has done or hasn't done. Okay, I, I see this, I sense this around here, uh, where I am anyway, and, 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 and what I'm seeing in media, but, but where I am, I, I, I sense the... Uh, an intolerance just growing more and more uh, between those who apparently believe in the Donald and those who obviously don't recognize him as a object of belief. Uh, that someone who is not simply believable uh, on a very human level and not worthy of unquestioning belief on well let's let's be let's be honest on a spiritual level what is it that allows people and and this becomes the question for me again and again i i, I can have a conversation and and talk to people about Okay, well, you know, you believe, you know, this all still goes back. Well, there's lies on top of lies on top of lies. But th th this really all goes back to the election was stolen from Donald. The 2020 presidential election was stolen. Okay, then the standard response in, in a logical, rational way, the, the easiest response to that is, A, you're wrong, and here's why. Here are the facts, there were 63 cases brought. I, we, can, we can go through them. There are documentations on this. You can, I don't know, you know, if you believe, I don't know what you would believe in terms of documentation, but accept the fact that there were 63 cases, several before Supreme Court, several before court members that were, those three court members that were appointed by Donald, the ones who lied, well, two of the three lied during their confirmations, overturned Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case, it's on and on and on. 
federal courts, state courts, uh, Republican appointees, Democrat appointees, down the line, 63 cases were bought, brought by Giuliani, by, by Eastman, by, uh, by Sidney Powell, and, and, and whoever else was working with them, all over the place, all over the country, primarily in those states that were deemed to be uh, close, that were the, the toss-up states, the ones that would decide the election, the ones where there were a few votes, you know, a few tens of thousands or whatever, or thousands of votes, one way or the other, that ultimately threw the electoral college vote in favor of Joe Biden. Trump and his people refused to admit that he could have lost. Not, not, not and, and, and then said there must have been fraud. There, so it was an assumption, a theory based on a, on a self-belief process. The theory being uh, that there must have been fraud based on what? That I couldn't possibly lose to Joe Biden. And it winds up that as all of these things, as this complaint was reduced to a, a court thing, to a judicial process, when you have a theory about a wrong and no proof whatsoever to back it up, you lose in court, okay? So that all of their complaints, which were brought to courts, and the courts would have been the ones to say, yes, there was, uh, if, or yes, there was, no, there wasn't, uh, some wrong done that influenced the election in the favor of Joe Biden when it should not have been, and therefore we rule that this uh, particular election was invalid, you may, and, and, and there would have been some relief that the court would have permitted. No, there was nothing like that done by any of the courts, with, with one small exception. One court in Pennsylvania, basically on a technicality of, of, of how votes were it wasn't so much fraud as the way they were present or when they were presented. There was a slight change in the count that had no bearing whatsoever on the outcome of the election in the state of Pennsylvania. So the facts, the facts, facts which I, I find incontrovertible, which, which most rational people would find incontrovertible, because they happened, they happened in a court of law, they happened in the most formal, structured institutions within our society, said that Joe Biden won. Why? Well, because this assumed, presumed, inferred wrongdoing by Donald that was based on nothing more than the fact that I couldn't possibly lose to Joe Biden. There was nothing to support this. It was being presented, when it got reduced down to judicial language, it was someone offering a statement of belief, of a, a, a feeling, a personal sentiment was being carried into the court. It was, it was, it was emotional. It was, it was almost religious. And, and it did not have anything. It didn't have the, the, the means or the mechanisms or the, or, or, or the stuff 
that is required by a court to prove its existence. In other words, to, to make this factual, to make this belief factual, concrete, discernible, observable, uh, discussable, considerable facts must be presented. And there were zero in most of the cases Giuliani or Eastman or, or Powell simply had to say in one form or another to a court, when asked, what is it you've got? Show me the proof. Well, Your Honor, we have a theory more than a proof, but we're sure that in time the proof will present itself because our theory, our theory is reasonable within the universe in which we find ourselves. Well, well, the court instantly goes, that's it, case dismissed. In most of these cases, it was simply dismissed. Noth you ain't got nothing. And if you ain't got nothing, I can't rule on your theory. Every defendant in the world, anyone going to court would say, I, I believe that given the opportunity, my opponent would do this or not do this. And, and I realize I have no proof of this. But I want you to come up with a ruling based on my strong, strong belief that this could happen or could not possibly happen or did happen or didn't happen. No, no proof. But I believe it so strongly that I expect you to rule on it. That's exactly how Giuliani and Eastman and Powell approached the court. Now, all of them know perfectly well that that is an absurd way of approaching the courts. You can't go that way. I mean, Giuliani, a former U.S. prosecutor, uh, Eastman, considered to be a, has been considered to be a brilliant legal scholar. Sidney Powell, a nut job from day one. Whatever. All holding law licenses, all having gone to law school, all having passed the bar exam, all having basically proven by at least, uh, if, not, if not their life, life work, by at least their educational achievements, that they understood that in an adversarial system, it's facts versus facts. It's, it's a law being applied to facts. The finder of fact is the jury, the finder of law is the, is the judge in an adversarial uh, thing, in a court, okay, in a case, in the actual case. But you have to come in with a set of facts that can be considered. It isn't facts versus my gut feeling, my theory, facts versus my belief. No, 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 that's not how the system works. At least, that's not how it works in law. It's not how it works in the justice system. It's not how it works in this, in this kind of rarefied world that we have. One of the three branches of our government 
that demands, no matter how much political activity has gone on uh, in, in, in the, in during the creation of, the, uh, of, a, of a piece of legislation in the legislature, no matter what it, no, no matter how politically oriented a chief executive or the executive branch of government may be, when it comes down to resolving the conflicts within our society, our judicial systems, plural, local, state, federal, are designed to be as objective as humanly possible. And because of their objectivity, Americans, and by our own definitions within our Constitution, see them as, a, as an ultimate statement as an ultimate resolution of things that are political. We, we, we willingly, we legally, we, we by force, well, by force of law, but by, by, by willing, by willing, um, uh, by, by agreement, by willing agreement, put our differences to a court system that is by definition infinitely focused on objectivity. Yes, there are certain elements of, of compassion that come in there, but the idea is, the idea is that it's about the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, what actually happened, what's there, and then we will apply law to facts because in the end, that's the only way we can resolve things that cannot be resolved by just normal discussion or the normal process of compromise that is inherent in our, in our constitutional system. That's the judicial part of, of America. Now, what the three, with those three attorneys, by the way, all three of those attorneys are either disbarred or in, on, in various stages of disbarment right now in their various, uh, in their various regions. You are, you are licensed in America, you are licensed by a state where you basically uh, take the bar exam, you, you are first licensed there, and you can sub subsequently be licensed in federal courts and the Supreme Court. Those are separate bar exams, as they're called. Uh, but basically, that license is a, is a statement to you that you have passed certain exams and that you recognize certain things, and, and among them being an ethical an ethical approach to the, the administration of law as an officer of the court on behalf of your clients. Well, Giuliani and Eastman and Powell basically did not live up to that standard. The local state organizations and the federal bar, they were all, I believe they're all three members of, of the federal bar as well, but, and their own states, said, no, you've been running around, in essence, lying to courts, because as an officer of the court, you know that you're supposed to go in with substantive proof of what it is you are claiming. You cannot begin with a theory. You cannot begin by having a press conference, by basically doing a public relations event, by getting people all riled up, then going into court, and when you're finally confronted, with the question, okay, all that stuff that you were getting people all revved up about outside and everything, and you, come on, let's get into the court. But you, you've got to switch off the rhetoric 
and come in with substance. You must have an actual issue. There must be proof of the claim you're making. Your complaint must be grounded in fact, reality more than anything else. And none of that was there to the point where all of the different licensing entities confronting uh, these three lawyers said, you basically consciously, ethically defied, broke, were the worst possible examples of what lawyers are supposed to be in our society. People who take facts and present them for adjudication and present a defense of facts, not a theory, not a feeling, not an emotional, uh, an emotional uh, uh, upheaval and hoping that that emotional upheaval will somehow move the court that is not only antithetical to the nature of what our legal system is supposed to be based on, but it is an absolute violation of your oath to defend and uphold the Constitution. Every lawyer takes that oath. You're not defending the Constitution by lying about the facts. That's it. You can't lie about facts, and you have to deal <coughs> excuse me, only in the facts. Now, now that would seem to be I, and I realize that that's, that's, that's a rather long-winded statement. Well, I have the ability to do that. And no, no Trump supporter uh, is sitting on the other, or standing on the other side of me, perhaps pointing a finger in my face or something, or vice versa, is going to sit around or stand around for, for 20 minutes or whatever and, and allow me to make this detailed an argument without coming back with, it's, uh, it's expletives and it's a lot of BS and you're lying, you're not telling the truth, I've heard just the, uh, you're going to hear all that. And no matter how many times I say, here's where the facts are, here's what the court system decided on, that's not going to carry the day. And, and herein is the rub, herein is the, is the real problematic situation. How can these people just ignore facts. It, 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 is, it, is the infinite, it is the infinite and ultimate frustration for those of us in the real world, in the rational world, and I'm sorry, I, I, I really must make that division. It is the ultimate frustration that people cannot refuse to, will find a way not to deal with what is out there before their noses, I mean, before their eyes, if they were willing to just recognize it. But they won't. They won't recognize fact. Like the three attorneys, like Donald himself, it's about a feeling. It's about a belief. It's a willingness to accept somebody's emotional feeling about something over the actual facts that might otherwise prove those emotional feelings to be absolutely invalid or, or at least in, uh, lacking all substance. And, and it goes so far beyond that. It, it, it is, it, 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 there's a willingness to, to basically uh, 
to imagine this, that the person who's making, I mean, this is Donald, really starts the whole thing. And, and Donald can say anything, and it makes it so. He can, he can adjust facts, create facts, eliminate facts, eliminate facts about anything he did. He can, he can do something and say, I didn't do it. He can, he can make things happen that, that didn't happen. He can say he did things that never, ever existed. He can take any objective fact that could be put out there and proven and say the exact opposite. And to the frustration of, of the rationals, it's, 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 it's maddening, but the base will believe it. And, and, and to prove that, to, to, or to reconfirm his, his grasp on that base, he will then demand that they show a tangible form of their, that they express their belief in him, their love of him, in a tangible way. Uh, they, are, they are told where to go, what to do, uh, uh, to protest something. Mostly they are told to give money. And they do, willingly, because they believe in him. Are, 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 you, are, are, you, getting, are you getting a, are you getting a sense of, of where we're going, what, what Donald is to these people and, and why there is such a conflict or such an impossible, such a lack of, of, of rational basis for conversation between Trumpian and non-Trumpian sorts. Do you, you kind of get a sense of where I'm going with this? Okay, y yeah, you do. Donald must be looked at as a religious figure. You must think of him and you must imagine the relationship between Donald and his followers as a religious, as a religion or possibly a cult, you could use the term cult. Cult, cult gets even more, it, it, it's got all those negative kind of, you know, you'll, they'll do anything whatsoever. If you're in a cult, you absolutely have to give up everything. Well, some religions get pretty close to that also. But basically, he is a religious figure. And the people who have really bought into him have bought in on a religious basis. Why, you could ask yourself, why, how, how could anyone buy, and, and again, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm asking this as someone on the other side, in, in, in the real world, as it were. Why or how could anyone buy into this man? Objectively, one of the most flawed, whacked-out human beings in the world. I, we can go through, you know, talk, talk to his niece Mary on this, okay? But, but how, do you, uh, how do you embrace somebody as though, or with the same fervor that you would otherwise have, for a religious figure, as though believing in Donald was the equivalent, the equivalent of religion. Well, you see, now, now we're getting somewhere. 
Now we're getting to the crux of the issue here. We're getting to the crux of the biscuit. Um, Donald is a religious substitute. Trumpism isn't just um, a, a, an ugly, mean, nasty uh, way of people being angry at us for being rational. It's not just that. It is a religious, it's religious replacement surgery. It, it, is, it is filling a void, and most Americans, by the way, you know, most of us, come with some kind of a religious background. Uh, in, in my own case, uh, you know, very, 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 very heavily Roman Catholic, grew up across the street from the church, was as active religiously and, and socially as you can humanly imagine, uh, was, was confused as a kid as to how it is that everyone would not recognize Roman Catholicism as the only true religion. How could you not? There it is, right there in the Bible, it says it. How could, how could the Jews have killed Jesus? I mean, what's all of those things? Grew up as a kid with all of that in my head being re-emphasized in the social structure of the neighborhood that I was in and, was, and, and completely blurred the lines between religion and secular life, religious and secular. It, it was all one thing. But most Americans over the course of the last 30, 40, 50 years also, statistics tell us, have drifted away from formal religiosity. People who attend, the number of people who actually attend religious services, particularly within Christian circles, has dropped substantially. The, the exceptions are within the, uh, the, the, let's call them the extreme communities, the, the evangelicals, the, uh, the, the Pentecostals, the people who absolutely make it mandatory that you do what you do. Well, Catholicism supposedly does that as well. But certain branches of Protestantism uh, are still holding on tight to people. And they, at, they recognize... And, and, and as others have as well, the religious angle that Donald is coming at and from, they recognize his paralleling, his, his use of symbolism that one would have thought was restricted to religion in his mechanisms for drawing people in, his, his natural sick, brilliant mechanisms for drawing people in and joining them in a cult of support of love for him, regrettably, in support of his most objectively nefarious actions. If you're arguing with a Trumpian, you, a true Trumpian, you are not arguing with somebody who can deal with a conversation on an objective level with you. Most likely, by the way, and if, and if they are not in this, of this religious slash cultish emotional predisposition, then you may have a conversation. 
But I would say, I, I'm willing to say, based on what I've seen and based what I know in my own family, based what I've seen around me, the vast majority of Trumpians are approaching him from a religious, emotional perspective. He is filling a void for many of them. For many of them, who may already be religious, he is simply a parallel, a parallel function, a parallel figure, an, another variant on their religion. Or maybe uh, their religion is a little bit on the hazy side. M maybe somehow Donald can pick up some of the, 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 the adulation and worship that might otherwise be directed to a pure deity. Maybe Donald can, can kind of ride the coattails of what they might call God. Yeah. Is this, is this, is this sounding a little too crazy to you? It's not. You, you really have to think this through. Donald is essentially being given deity or cult leader status by people and with that comes a religious emotional connection. It is not one based on rational uh, objective uh, policies or actions. It is love of him based on an emotional demand from him and a need for him. Where, where would that demand and come from? It comes from Donald tapping in to the, the, the greatest needs and wants, the most underlying fears, fears that people have within their lives and being able to translate their fears into a need for him. And it winds up that if you can tap into someone's fears, their deepest fears, and tell them that I am all there is for you. In fact, better than, better than God, I'm here. My, for the orange hair and all. I exist. I'm on earth. I can give you a way to overcome. Where God couldn't do it, Donald can. You know, you could pray to God. You can go to church. You could basically, you know, say, uh, uh, okay, God, please help me, save me, blah, 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 blah. But I can do it. I can actually take care. I can make you, God, God, let me, let me have a, let me, oh, damn, I want this job so bad and don't let these newcomers coming in the neighborhood. I don't, I hate them. They're, 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 God, I want, I, I, make, give me what I deserve. I've, I've been loyal to you, God. How come, how come my life sucks? And how come things haven't gone the way they, they're supposed to? And why are, why are we always in debt? And why is the, I, God, Come on, God. God doesn't necessarily answer. We're in all kinds of reasons. Are but, no, no, no. Donald does answer. And Donald says, you've been wronged, and, and it's terrible what they've done, they have done to you. 
That's, that's the operative part here. See, God would not necessarily, or, or in the language of religion, there would, that would not be, the next step would not be a confrontational statement. Well, the reason, if you're praying to God, God, well, God, the first thing God says or the first thing the words are that you're supposed to imagine God says or, or what the religious documentation says God is saying to you is, well, you see, it's them. There's, there's a, this bunch of people out there that are screwing you up. No, most religions say you have to move into, you have to go into your heart. You have to find something in you that is basic at, basically at the heart or core. In some way they say this, that is at the core of your problems. Or at least if you basically open yourself up to God emotionally, that will give God the opportunity to help solve your problems. Open yourself to him and somehow he'll find a way to fix things. But it doesn't begin with a presumption of an adversary. It, is, it doesn't begin with this. The real reason you're having a problem, says God, is, you know, it's, it's, it's them damn Latinos moving in. It's those lousy, good-for-nothing immigrants that have taken over. It's those godless transvestites and, and those horrible transsexual kids. And, 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 and it's, it's them books that are, those books that are poisoning the mind of our children. And it, God doesn't set up enemies. He doesn't begin with an enemy list. Donald, on the other hand, does. And he concretizes instantly what would otherwise be an internal religious experience is given objective targets. But still, still, he is allowed to do things and his power is seen as so overwhelming that his declaration of what would otherwise be non-acceptable fact or non-fact, nonsense, if Donald says it happened, and objectively you can kind of see it didn't, doesn't matter. It happened. Why? Well, because the Donald says so. You understand here? But that didn't happen. There was never any real challenge. There was no. There was no conference. There was no. Uh, no. There was no stealing of anything. It's been proven object. Donald says that it happened, therefore, it happened. Now, now why? Why, why would, why would a, a Trumpian believe that? Because predicate to that, prior to that, you have accepted Donald at the same level that you would have accepted God or some divine entity that basically is intervening on your behalf to help you feel better about the lousiness in your life. That doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you have to be piss poor, not by a long shot. There are plenty of people who basically uh, can be uh, doing very, very well financially, but are just emotionally dissatisfied. We, we, are, we are a nation of, of all sorts of uh, different people. Dissatisfied people is a very, very broad category and, and cuts across, cuts through all sorts of financial and other categories. 
but you basically have to begin with an adoption, with an acceptance of Donald as more than just a politician. He has to, you have to allow him to touch you at a level that basically only a religion or a god or a deity or a cult leader could. And we are, we're, we're available. Americans, many Americans are available. We have the background. We've come from that. We know what that allows. Now, the cult leader then has to basically turn around and, and toss out a few things that have kind of a religious, um, a suggestion of religiosity to them in, 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 in what he's offering. So you, you, you get into sexual things and, and, and you get into abortion and, and, and you get into all these areas that were the purview of churches but now, rather than feeling, rather than feeling uh, uh, competitive with Donald, Donald, the cult leader, suddenly becomes um, the churches and, and, and all of these the very, very religious organizations look at him and say, well, you know, he's driving people in our direction. We haven't been able to fill the pews very well for quite a long time now. Let's, let's partner with this guy. Let, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's piggyback off of him. Let's hitch our wagon, our theological, well, our, well, our organizational wagon at least anyway. Let's, let's hitch our organizational wagons to Donald's star. And basically, if we kind of go along with him, people will in responding to him in a theological way, will find it easier to come back. We, we are simply adding another religious image within our churches and, and, and any place else, any religious other places. Donald's image is just as powerful, I, I, would, I would say, without, and without any, any organizations. Jesus and Donald, right up there, no problem. God is really more, more, a more accurate statement here. But Donald becomes a religious icon because he basically is reinforcing the reaction, the reaction, the religious reaction that people are supposed to have. If you can react to Donald religiously, there's a better chance that you'll have a religious reaction with our organization, the one that you were supposed to be a part of, that you're not really, you know, part and parcel of any longer. So the evangelicals have bought it, and other religious groups, and, 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 I, and, I, and I hate to say this, but many just good old-fashioned Catholic churches in America have bought in like crazy too. And you ignore all of, since Donald is there in an iconic way, you can ignore all the illegality, you could, if, if, if you could ignore, if, if, if Giuliani and, and, and Eastman and, and Powell could ignore judicial procedure, if they could absolutely forget that what you do in court is basically argue facts, then you can ignore facts that are uncomfortable to you. And, and, and since Donald has deified status, he can ignore facts also. 
He can say again and again that he, his, he it was robbed from him. He can say that this one is lying, that one's lying. He can, he, can, he can say anything that didn't happen did happen or vice versa. And we'll go along. And, and you know how we know that we believe him and love him? And he knows it as well is because people reach into their pockets or go on, I mean, you know, the equivalent. They go online and send them money. This, this, is, this is the affirmation. We will, and, and, and well, and, and Jesus basically is being taken onto trial. Pilate has, Pilate has him, uh, he's before the judges. He is basically being accused. Except this time around, Rather than just watch the guy, you know, get crucified. No, we're, 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 going to, we're going to find a way to set him free in advance. We're not going to sit there and just let them crucify our God this time. We're going to set God free. Does, does this, again, does this, is this getting too, too crazy for you? Is it getting too far afield? Because... You couldn't really have this conversation with a Trumpian either, trying to focus them on the fact that they are dealing with Donald in a religious way. Their emotions are the emotions that are typically reserved for a religious entity, a religious figure, a, a, a spiritual guide of sorts, a divine being. At a minimum, though, a cult leader. And, and cult leaders are, for all intents and purposes, divine beings to their followers. Don't you understand that, Trumpians? Can't you see that something that is inherent in the American culture, a, a, an undercurrent of religiosity, but one that has sort of drifted out of fashion, is being melded with pure dissatisfaction and grievance by a guy who knows how to do this. Donald can smell fear like no one I've ever seen, no politician. And I, and I, don't, mean, I don't mean cowering, sniveling fear. Remember, fear has all these different manifestations. Prejudice, anger, grievance, hatred, uh, uh, uncertainty about oneself, uh, self-doubt. It's all a product of fear. The other side of it is love. And it's within all of us. All sentient beings, I could get on a whole, do a whole separate show on this, and I will again. All sentient beings, the energy we have, the stuff that defines us as individuals, our souls, which very real, the energetic thing that is our souls, within sentient beings expresses itself in various forms of love and fear. That, that's how it is concretized in, in our feelings of and our behaviors relative to love and fear. And there's a whole list of the things that go up on both. But the top, the top line for all of us is love and fear. Hope is the first thing under love. You get rid of hope, you take that away, and fear will predominate. If you can't hope, then you can't possibly, consciously, willfully, and it's all about free will here, you can't subtract fear out of your life. And all the things that fear produces, all the different ways in which it manifests itself, if you remove hope, 
you're on your way to purity. What, what did Donald do in his, first, in his inaugural address? Oh, God. The great American wasteland is da-da-da-da, and we're going to ba-da-da-da-da. Fear, hatred, division. I'm the only thing that can say. Everything you could possibly do to establish yourself as a religious cult figure in people's lives. Only I can solve this. But only God could possibly do this. But God can also just change things. Miracle. If, if, it, if it ain't happening, if you, don't, if you can't figure out how it happened, it's a miracle. How, did, how, did, how, how possibly could it have happened that Donald lost the election but won the election the same? It's a miracle. Anything. Anything you like it can be declared a miracle. And if it's a miracle, the faithful, the Trumpians, go, <gasps> raise their hands, pull out their checkbooks, send money, and say, it's a miracle. Donald has declared it to be so. Now, you may, you may not feel comfortable in everything that I've said here, but I'm telling you, look at, look, look at Donald carefully. Follow, as, you, as we follow him through his legal insanity, the stuff that he's brought on himself, and yet the complaints about the fact that it's being brought on, again, more, more God, you know, no, it's, it, no I, I did this. No, I didn't do that. It was done to me. No, I, I, I'm not. No, you're bad. I, I, miracles. Changing it all instantly. Facts. No, that's not a fact. That didn't happen. Here's the fact. You see what you just saw with your eyes there? You see what you just saw? No, that didn't happen. Here's what you saw. Miracle. And just like in religion, God is given the ability to perform miracles and do things that otherwise would make no sense whatsoever. The things that we will believe in religions that are absolutely irrational if you were to present them in a court of law. Uh, prove that uh, uh, this man rose from the dead. Oh, well, Your Honor, we don't real, uh, we, we have we have a story. Uh, we we uh, there's a biblical there's a biblical story, and it's it's, it's it, but it's, it, it, it's a case dismissed. But if Donald says that he, he automatically declassified all the documents, if Donald says that the Presidential Records Act is exact, says exactly the opposite of what it says, if Donald says that there was massive fraud and they took this election from me and there was fraud here and there. If Donald says that the phone call to Brad Raffensperger in which he said, I want 11,790 votes, if that was a perfect phone call where anywhere else in any other rational setting that would be, of course not. It wasn't perfect. It was illegal. It was a shakedown. It was... Everybody knows that. But, but if Donald says it, you see, that's it. It's a miracle. We are not going to be able to talk down Trumpians. They, like anyone else in a cult, are going to require... Well, they're going to require the facts to, to sort of overtake their, their religiosity. In, in cults, in many cults, 
they basically someone has to deprogram you. In religions, when people leave religion, it's usually because the God or the divine figure or the, or the, or the primary figure is seen as not relevant and ineffective. And I think this is going to have to happen. So you're not going to ever, at least from what I can see, uh, if, if, if someone's a pure Trumpian, if they've truly, truly drunk the Kool-Aid, and I mean that quite just about literally, if, if, if Donald has divine status, and I, I don't think you're going to be able to make that argument with them. Do you understand how you respond to divinity? Do you understand, you know, the, the, uh, the uh, vicious father syndrome and, and how you respond to authority and all of how all those things blend into your earlier acceptance of religion? But you're not going to have that conversation either. But you'll have this realization of what you're dealing with. And, and what I can suggest beyond uh, this, this amazing realization, what I would hope that this conversation might lead to is not, ah, now I know exactly wh why they're as, 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 as screwed up as they are. God, they're, they're, they're injured, they're weird. No, no. Because in many instances, what you see Trumpians going through and the way they've misconstrued what Donald is, certainly within American society, replacing him, uh, a, a political figure who was supposed to have constitutional responsibility, and turning him into a religious figure with no accountability to constitution whatsoever. See, that's the only place that Donald can do this. He has to do it in religious. But the fact that they've done that, for many of us, we all have the underpinnings within our culture to, if we didn't really think about it or use our experience, might do what these Trumpians have. Deified a crook. Yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't be the first time. It's the, way, uh, it's the way, you know, uh, autocrats, in many cases, have, have operated throughout the, throughout the 20th century, sir. They continue to operate. Donald is particularly good at it because he's slick and smooth and basically gets people to ignore his... He, the, the billionaire thing and how he... Got, he, he gets people to ignore more to get to the point of elevating him to deification than I think most other um, wannabe autocrats or successful autocrats of the 20th and 21st century have ever done. You've got to get past so much crap to deify Donald. But I, I suppose you, that, that what he is and what you have to get past is stuff that you could pretty much only really do within an American context. We're... He just pushes all these buttons. Don't, if you can, it's hard. Don't take the perspective that, well, you know, we are, now we know, we know so much more, Donald. 
we understand your stupid people and why they're, they're so ignorant and how you've duped them and everything else. And Donald laughs all the way to the bank and the people keep uh, sending him his, their money. What you can offer in your heart, and I mean this, is your compassion. No, they don't deserve compassion. What what, what will that do? It'll just encourage them. No, it won't. What you could say to a Trumpian that you may have never thought of saying before is, I understand how you feel. I really do. Because I've been there in some way. I can understand how you would, how you would embrace Donald. I, can, I understand that. I do. But I don't agree with it. For a lot of reasons. If you want to talk about those, we can. But I understand, I honest to God understand how you can get to where you are with Donald. Not because you're the stupidest piece of dirtbag on the planet. Not because you're an ignorant ass. Not because you're all fucked up. I understand how this country basically, and in and, and a, and a misstatement of it, in order to appeal to, to emotions that you and I both may have been raised with, I understand how you get there. But I just don't agree with what you're doing because the outcome is not good for any of us. Now, I, I, I realize you don't want to discuss this, but we're not going in a good direction. Maybe we can agree on that, that this is getting, that it gets worse, but that's how it gets when you, when you deify someone who is not deifiable or worthy of it, when you, when you mix your metaphors, when you, when you start combining religion back with civics in the worst possible way, things go bad very quickly. I mean, could we agree that you really can't... America as it exists right now, and you claim that it's, you know, it's all... You can't have this America and Donald at the same time. Would you agree on that? That it's an either-or situation? That's a tough one. I don't know if you want to go that far. But it's true, by the way. And I think that most Trumpians, if they're going to be honest, would have to say, no, it can't go on this way. Okay, do you understand what that probably will lead to? Probably it'll lead to, you know, another civil war? Well, if we have to, well, what would a civil war do? What would happen to the way you and I live? Who would, what would America be? Or what would the, the new America be? Think about that. If you can't think about what, how Donald's using you, think about the ultimate result. What would happen if we had a war? Is the army going to stand by and let Trump supporters take over the country? Well, the army will join us. No, it won't. The army abhors uh, a, a, a lack of control and command and 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 a and a absolutely defined chain of command. It it abhors lack of legality. It is made for that. A bunch of people taking up their AR-15s and saying we're getting rid of all the law and all the no. The army is not going to say yeah we're with you. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. If anything, they will take over on their own. 
you are encouraging a military coup. You are encouraging us to become a military dictatorship. Do you, they'll put Donald in charge. No, they're not putting Donald in charge. They hate Donald. And Donald has expressed his hatred for him, for them. He alone can handle it. He hates the military. He hates, my God, he, is, he, is, he has expressed his distrust and hatred of the military. If, if you can't have a discussion with me about him, let's talk about where this is going. And that, that's the best I can offer. And maybe that begins to say, let's have a civil war. Okay, okay. Think about that on your own, not in front of me. Talk about that among your friends. And figure out what that would mean to you, your kids, your family, America, everything that we are, everything we all do, the normal, rational way in which the country functions. Think about what a civil war would do. Don't tell me. Say it in your own heart or talk to your friends about it. And think about really what that means. Because that's the only way to go, the only place to go if Donald is continually, if Donald continues on unchecked. Now, I, I, I will toss in a little something more here. Based on a very cursory reading of the Section 3 of the, of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, Donald may be off the playing field as a candidate before anyone knows it because he is disqualified from running as president or for any office in the United States by virtue of his fomenting an insurrection. He cannot. Now, this would be a, what, the way this would probably work out would be that several secretaries of states around the country who are basically the same people who said Donald cannot run, they would say, we will not put him on the ballot. We can't, because the 14th, the thirds, the section three of the 14th Amendment says we cannot put him on the ballot. He fomented an insurrection against us. Then, well, there's going to be a, a there'll be a, a hearing against that, maybe the state level. It'll immediately, very quickly get up to the federal level. And then the Supreme Court would have to rule on whether or not the clear and distinct language of the third section of the 14th Amendment was meaningful. What it was factually. I, I, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. And I'm going to end the show with this. I want you to just have this in your head. Here is the third section of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial uh, uh, officer of any state, blah, 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 to support the Constitution of the United States, if they have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, whatever they took an oath of office to, in Donald's case, the United States, or given and or comforted to enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such a disability. That is Section 3 
of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution came in after the Civil War. Anyone who had been an elected official of the Confederacy, basically supporting insurrection at any level, you're gone. Unless two-thirds of the bodies of Congress say, no, we'll, we'll, we'll take you back in. That'd be 66 senators would have to say, yeah, Donald, no, 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 we, 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 want, you, we want you back. And uh, whatever it would be in the House, uh, with a four, with a four uh, they have a four-member majority in the House of Representatives. In other words, Donald would be out. By, by law, he could not be running for president. There would be no way that he, the issue of him uh, being a convict, uh, going in prison, and would you, hello, uh, excuse me, Mr. Warden, will you let Donald out so that we can, um, uh, that, so that we can uh, uh, bring him on the stage so that he, we could swear him in as president? Uh, would, would he have to wear yellow? Would he have to wear his jumpsuit? No, that's gone. The, the issue of, well, Donald can, uh, he can pardon himself, um, and, 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 and then everything will just go, that's gone. You have a guy who can't run for office again because the Constitution says he can't, who basically faces nothing but the legal, real-world, judicial, constitutional consequences of his evil and illegal acts, period. He becomes as undeified as he, he, God. He'll complain. He'll yell. It'll be, it'll be Christ before Pilate all over again. Look at what they're doing to me. Send me more money somehow. This no, it will be unchangeable. No, no fungible areas here. No, no variance. No, no possible. No, no place for compromise. We're going to challenge. No, there's no challenge. You're not, I'm going to run on a third party. You can't. It will be illegal. You can be, well, I don't know what the, the penalties will have to be decided. But if you get elected, it is, it, it's not existing. Even Trumpian, well, maybe, no, no, I take this back. Maybe, maybe Donald will say, I will do it. I will run as a third party. I will, I, I, you'll vote for me. And somehow I will declare my, and, and and, 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 and all of his followers, his, his sycophants, his, his, his cult members, his religious, his congregation will finally have to look at this and say, well, wait a minute. Um, so that no way he could even begin a normal presidency. He would have to rip the country apart and he would have to defy the, the ruling of the Supreme Court defy the Constitution, defy everything, just to get to the point where he could walk anywhere near the Oval Office, and he'd already be in prison because he will have been tried. At least one of the trials will have taken place before the regular. Do you see what's going on here? This is, what, this is how people lose religion, when they can no longer depend on God for pretty much anything. When, when their belief in God is so challenged by God's failure to come through with what God is supposed to do that there's finally a, there's a break, there's a breach. 
There's a, a drifting away. This, I think, would be the absolute way in which that drifting would, would, be, would be basically hastened if the 14th Amendment option is exercised, and it could be exercised at any time. I ask you to please stay tuned to that. Keep focused on that. Donald, as deity, how long? How long do you think this can go on? Donald as parallel deity for purposes of religious organizations seeking to piggyback off of him to basically regain their own power with the same people. So we all love Donald together and you come into church and give me a donation. Nope, we are all, uh, we're all, boy, come on back, come on back, come on back. Let's all love Donald together. Doesn't matter that he is antithetical to everything, everything that all of our religious narratives have ever taught. Doesn't matter. It's only about organization, it's only about structure, it's only about power. In Donald's case, it's, it's only about a lot of sadness, a lot of fear, a lot of disappointment, a lot of too much never being enough, a lot of very American sort of traits that basically he's been able to parlay into a cult, a religion, and get people to follow him. It's amazing. The history of this is going to be fascinating. And we're living through it, at least the early stages of it. It's going to be fascinating to see what this all leads to in this country afterward. But, well, <laughs> as I say when I have my co-host David, uh, David Bach on with me on Fridays, that's why they play the games. We don't know. We will. Just not now. Think about this, okay? I have compassion for you. I understand how you could be what you are, how you can see Trump the way you see it. I can't agree, but I understand because we all come from the same backgrounds in many ways. It's just that your interpretation and mine, you're going to have to, I'm not going to convince you. You're going to have to learn. Otherwise, we, we lose the place. Not such a good idea. A little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Centerleft Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. You absolutely cannot, should not even attempt to argue a Trumpian out of Trump, because you would only try to do it on a logical, legal, factual level. In reality, the one thing you can do is offer compassion in the form of saying, I understand how you got to where you are. I come from the same background. But what are the consequences?